Good afternoon. I'm really happy to be in studio today. Hello. Hello, Buzz. Dan, how are how, you? I am doing well. How are you? I, you know, I'm so excited that um, uh, every day the quality of guests that we've had, the mm-hmm. um, level of information that they've been dispensing in terms of the races for lieutenant governor and for um, attorney general um, has really been very edifying. I'll tell you the truth. I'm selfishly enjoying that it's helping me refine my um, my voting. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm able to ask questions, and right. I, I hope listeners um, find that by listening to, to such conversations, they're well, can, also being informed. Remind our listeners of who's coming up. Well, who's coming up tomorrow is Andrea Campbell. She is a candidate for attorney general. She is the one who has been, um, uh, even though she, she is a city councilor, representing Dorchester and Mattapan and I think Jamaica Plain uh, in the Boston City Council. She um, is the one who's been sort of practicing law the least of the three candidates for attorney general. Mm. But um, Maura uh, Healy has great confidence in her and has endorsed her. Um, she's an African-American um, woman. I'm really anxious to, to meet um, her. We have already had um, conversations with uh, Quentin Palfrey, who worked in the uh, in the Obama administration, um, and uh, of course Shannon Reese, um, Elise Reardon was on our show as well. She was a labor lawyer who's very successfully done some class action on behalf of workers. Um, so she has unions endorsements, and um, uh, Andrea has Mora's in- endorsements. And Quinton is the one who was endorsed out of the Democratic, Democratic Convention. Party, yeah. So all three of them are endorsed by different sectors of the Democratic constituency. So it's going to be interesting Very to interesting. meet Andrea tomorrow, and I hope you will join us. But today is always a special day because it's Thursday, and we have a real-life sustainability guy right here with us, Brian Adams. Brian, who do you have today with us? Uh, who do I have? First, I'd like to remind listeners that primary day is coming right up. And that's in a week and a half, is On that right? September uh, 6th, thank you very much. September yes, 6th. it is. And, and we will I have think, special and, and election way, night coverage right here again. on WHMP. We will have special election night coverage, both primary night on September 6th and on November 8th. Thank you. I also remind, want to remind people that early voting um, will begin on Saturday and end on the 2nd of September. So if you cannot vote on the 6th, um, please do vote early. Um, registration under the new Votes Act in Massachusetts, of course, has been extended to from 20 days, which it is right now. It's going to be only 10 days before an election you can register, which is great. Some still think same day would be good, but right now it's too late to register, but it is not too late to early vote. And finally, absentee ballots will be counted on November 6th. Make sure you get them in by then. Brian, I'm taking up all your time. Okay, let's move right along to one of our favorite topics that we uh, speak a lot about on this show, and that is climate change. And we're really fortunate uh, today to have a member of the steering uh, of steering committee, Climate Action Now. Uh, he is a former elementary school teacher and principal. He is a Gazette columnist, a blogger, an anti-racism, tra- anti-racism trainer long-time student leader of social justice and peer counseling. Russ Vernon-Jones, welcome to the program. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. Great. Now, fortunately, we have good news, believe it or not. In a, in a world so fraught with uh, horrific news items out there, about a week and a half ago, the House and Senate passed the Inflation Reduction Act, and Biden signed that into law a few days before that. Uh, another ambitious piece of climate legislation uh, that our governor signed into law. So Mm -hmm. finally, we have a little momentum in the climate action front. And I'd like to begin, Russ, with you giving us your take on this federal bill, this ambitious piece of climate change legislation called the Anti-Inflation Reduction Act. I wish it had been called the Climate Change Act because it does other things, but it's heavily involved in climate change. Well, my feeling is if you take real climate action, you can call it anything you want to as long as you do what we need. There you go. Um, yeah, on the this, this bill is somewhat of a mixed bag. It's historic. It's the most money the United States has ever 
appropriated to deal with, with climate change. We're talking $369 billion uh, just for climate change. Uh, and they estimate that this will enable a 40% reduction uh, in greenhouse gas emissions in the United States by 2030. Uh, that's not enough to meet our targets, our commitments at the Paris, um, I mean, at the, uh, the last of the uh, UN climate conferences, but it goes a long way and a lot further than we've ever been before. And it came at a time when many people had started to give up and feared we would get nothing. Uh, can you tell us a specific some of the provisions that are in it that 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 are good news? Well, um, it it has it operates primarily by incentives. Uh, there are very few uh, sticks. There, there's not much that's forbidden. There's all a lot of things uh, incentivized, uh, and that includes uh, electric vehicles. Uh, converting to um, electric heat uh, for homes. Uh, it includes um, promoting wind and, and solar power. Um, and it also has a whole lot of technical uh, things that will make a big difference. One, one thing is that the Supreme Court uh, back in June ruled that the EPA could not regulate uh, carbon dioxide uh, or methane because Congress had not specifically um, labeled them as pollution. One of the many extreme court rulings that have been so disastrous in the last... Absolutely. Last and really designed to undermine the power of the EPA to do anything about climate change. So this bill very specifically names greenhouse gas emissions, carbon dioxide, and methane as pollution, which means they now fall under the Clean Air Act uh, and vastly expands the EPA's power to, uh, to take action. But there are also things like tax deductions for installing heat pumps, new insulation, or even new circuit breaker panels. Um, there are subsidies for moderate and low-income households to go electric, uh, and I'll just say um, going electric is the basic strategy. There are two pieces here. One is we need to stop burning fossil fuels and do things uh, with electricity. And the other is we need to green the grid so the electricity is made by primarily by wind and solar power. Um, there is a fee on methane. That's one of the, the one in the midst of a lot of carrots. That's the one stick. Uh, is uh, fossil fuel companies that emit methane and have methane leaks are going to need to pay. Uh, and it's, it's predicted that this will dramatically reduce methane emissions. And which, methane being an even more potent greenhouse gas right. than carbon dioxide. Yes. It doesn't stay in the atmosphere quite as long, but it has some estimates as much as 84 times the uh, heat-trapping properties um, of carbon dioxide. So getting a quick reduction in methane is a really critical strategy uh, for addressing uh, climate change. Uh, it's got very, the bill has very substantial subsidies, um, you know, for buying a new electric vehicle uh, that calls for a subsidy of $7,500. Uh, and even for used vehicles, EVs, there's a subsidy of 4000 There are some block grants to disadvantaged communities to uh, reduce emissions and mitigate risks, um, and it actually addresses, you know, sort of each of the major areas. There's something about buildings, there's something about transportation, there's something about the uh, generation of electricity. Um, so on the one hand, it's a very promising bill. On the other hand, the environmental justice uh, provisions that were in the earlier Build Back Better bill were largely cut out of this. Uh, and some of the key environmental justice organizations uh, actually did not back this bill, uh, actually said it should not be approved. Russ uh, Vernon Jones, what, what do you mean by environmental justice? 
communities that have uh, a high percentage of uh, people of color, uh, people whose first language is not English, uh, and very low-income people are all identified as environmental justice communities. And in Massachusetts, we actually have a pretty good bill that is quite explicit uh, about exactly what the qualifications are for to be a, 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 an environmental justice community. And the reason they're identified is that the history in the United States is that polluting power plants and other toxic facilities consistently get located uh, in these communities that have a lot of people of color and a lot of poor people. Uh, if, they, if the fossil fuel industry were not able to put facilities uh, in those communities and had to put them where middle and upper middle class people live, we would have started changing our power system a long time ago. Let's talk a little bit about um, some of the positive aspects of the state climate bill that was passed by Governor Baker recently. Um, and that happened just a few days before Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act, which, which has, uh, as you said, some good and some not so good uh, in, in the law. Can you tell us about the, about the state bill and the good news? Yeah, I think that? the state bill is really good news. Um, climate activists uh, across the state really made a huge difference uh, one of the ones that a lot of the local activists have been particularly involved in is trying to get uh, woody biomass, uh, which is a very polluting source of energy, uh, excluded from the list of clean energy sources. The governor had actually pushed very hard to have biomass included as a, a clean energy source, and it was part of what we call the renewable portfolio standard, what the utility companies must provide uh, in terms of clean sources of electricity. So it was a big victory that Woody Biomass is now no longer eligible for subsidies as clean energy. And there was a big plant planned in the Springfield area, which is already the asthma capital of the state and one of the highest asthma rates in the country, I believe. And so this is particularly good news for Springfield residents. Yes. And this, I mean, this again is classic racism. You know, you put something that's going to make somebody a lot of money uh, and put it where it's people of color who are going to have to pay the cost in the health effects uh, of their community. So it's, it's really a, a great example of activists making a big difference, uh, getting the biomass, uh, really building a statewide coalition and getting biomass out of the bill. But again, the bill has uh, real subsidies for electric vehicles, for... Um, transitioning houses to uh, homes to uh, uh, heat pumps uh, and electric sources of, of uh, heating and cooling, um, has more um, EV charging stations. Electric vehicle. Electric vehicle, thank you. Uh, and it, but in some ways, its biggest accomplishment is the way it has cleared the way for more wind power, particularly offshore wind. Uh, and this, I think, is going to be a major uh, source of power for all of New England, but particularly for Massachusetts. You know, I was reading the Globe report, uh, uh, Brian and Russ. It, it said that the best location for turbines is off of the, co the coast of Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine. For some reason, the winds there are sustained. Windy, windy all the time. I just yes. came back. I was fortunate enough to be able to vacation on, the, on Cape Cod. And my golly, you know, after about three hours sitting on the beach, I was just ready, so You're exhausted from the wind. <laughs> How come you didn't take me? And it goes, I, I asked, and you were busy, uh, running, busy. running the show here. Uh, okay. um, but so, in terms of one of the ways this bill is going to change our lives is it's not going to be legal to sell a new electric, a new gasoline-powered car in Massachusetts after 2035. They're going to be all electric vehicles. I just read that California is doing the same thing. Is that correct? I think that's correct, but Massachusetts, for the first time, is being seen nationwide as a leader uh, as a result of this bill. Wow. Very, very exciting. We're talking with Russ Vernon-Jones. Russ is on the steering committee for Climate Action Now and is our climate activist, Gazette columnist, blogger, and now radio guest. Uh, we will be right back after these messages. 
This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Vaya con Muñoz with Natalia Muñoz. WHMP. I'm not compassionate with people who beat up people because they find it fun. No, 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 no. How many of us are living with pre-existing conditions? You are not protected from being discriminated against. This and more, Saturdays at 10. Vaya con Muñoz with Natalia Muñoz. On 101.5, 1400 and 1240. WHMP, News, Information and the Arts. Hello, I'm Hampshire County Sheriff Patrick Hayling. And I'm a Democratic candidate for sheriff focused on progressive community-based programming. I'm running for re-election this year. I've been your sheriff for six years, and I love the work I do because I help people to be productive members of the community. Please remember to vote for me on September 6th. Learn more by visiting our Facebook page or website, klaneforsheriff.com. Thank you. Paid for by the committee to elect Patrick J. Kahalane. Hi, I'm Missy Tatro, Assistant Vice President and Senior Mortgage Originator at Greenfield Cooperative Bank and its Northampton Co-op Bank Division. And I'm Mortgage Originator Kimberly Gates. If you're looking to buy a home, now's the perfect time to save on your Greenfield Co-op mortgage. That's right. We can save you up to $1,000 on your mortgage closing costs. Don't miss the opportunity to receive a $750 closing credit plus another $250 when we pre-qualify you. Chat with one of our experienced mortgage originators at any of our Hampshire and Franklin County locations to get started. Or if you're ready, visit our new website at bestlocalbank.com and start your application online. So come on over to the co-op and see me, Kimberly Gates, or me, Missy Tatro, and save up to $1,000 on your closing costs. Close by September 30th. Be a first-time mortgage customer or refinance from another loan provider. Minimum $1,000 loan, subject to change or end without notice. Other conditions apply. See bank for details. Greenfield Cooperative Bank is an equal housing lender, member FDIC, member DIF. You can count on your friends at the co-op. Lady and the Amp Fest 3, celebrating 35 years of rocking the boat. A day-long music festival this Saturday at the Institute for Musical Arts in Goshen, featuring students, faculty, and alumna from the past 20 years of IMA's Summer Rock Program for Girls and Young Women, with performances by Hannah Mohan from Topsy, Sarah Kahansky from EIEIO, Ray Kimura from Moxie, and many more, as well as the IMA Faculty Band featuring the legendary June Millington from Fanny, Evelyn Harris, formerly Sweet Honey in the Rock and now Stompbox Trio, as well as local hero favorites, Aaron McKeown, Marcia Gomes, and Janelle Bertel. The festival will also honor the short and inspiring life of IMA alumna, Jana Abramovitz, including a set by members of her band, Tropical Hot Sauce. The Lady and the Amp Fest 3, this Saturday on the lawn in front of IMA's Big Barn. Music starts at noon. More details and for tickets, IMA.org. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back, those of you who have been with us, and thank you for joining us. Those of you who are just joining us, we are talking climate um, with Brian Adams and today's guest, Russ Vernon-Jones. And I got my pen poised because I'm a learning machine here. Learning machine, that's what we all are. Thanks, Russ, again for being on the show. Russ, it, we're getting back to the federal legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, which has uh, um, tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars for, for climate change. Uh, no House, no Senate Republicans voted for the bill. I mean, I find that, that stunning, that on party lines we have something that is, you know, it's, it's established fact that climate change is happening. It's happening now. It's, it's worse than it was. Um, what will it take? in your opinion, for Republicans to begin coming around to this realization of the importance of climate change legislation? Well, that, that's a $64,000 question, what it will take to change today's Republican Party. Um, but I do believe that climate action has moved forward primarily in response to the development of a strong, powerful climate justice and climate movement uh, and do shifts in public opinion. And I think the, you know, even the 
the inflation bill that we got, the good parts of it really are a result of a lot of work done by a lot of activists, including the Sunrise Movement and the Green New Deal idea that they created, and the places that we, where we didn't get everything we need, it's really because of the continued corruption in our government. You know, we, we call it a bribe if someone says, here's money if you'll vote, but we have fossil fuel companies donating more money to uh, Joe Manchin than any other member of Congress or the Senate, uh, and they expect to get his vote. Joe Manchin is the senator from West Virginia who has been the thorn in uh, not just progressives but Democrats' side uh, since, uh, since Biden took office and even before that. I think he's the owner of three coal companies or, and has really, really been an obstacle to climate change legislation, but to his credit, uh, did vote for this. Didn't uh, just vote. It, largely because of his behind-the-scenes work in yeah. trying to find an alternative to Build Back Better yeah. that we have this bill. Yeah, that's speaking um, perhaps more positively than I would <laughs> about him. But it's, but it's true but from it's everything true. that I've and read. And we cannot let the perfect get in the way of the good. At least that's what, right. that's what some of us think. Um, we don't have all that much time left for us. You're involved with Climate Action now. Uh, you're on the steering committee. Can you tell us some of the different activities that they're that they're involved with? Well, Climate Action Now is really a coalition of many climate activists and also works in collaboration with other organizations. But, you know, we have a number of um, working groups uh, that have sustained work over a number of years. There's a state legislation working group, and it studies all of the legislation proposed. It makes recommendations to legislators about what else needs to be in bills. It works with various state coalitions to identify which bills are the priority bills and will uh, get us the furthest down the road when it comes to climate action. Um, then we have a regenerative farming, forests, and food systems um, working group which has really been exploring nature-based solutions uh, that sequester more carbon, take carbon out of the atmosphere and keep it in the soil and in plants. Um, and they've run an outstanding educational series that I think has helped many people understand more about how much uh, climate benefit we can get from uh, various farming and, and forestry practices in particular. Then we have a group that's focused on stopping the Eversource pipeline there's uh, a pipeline they're trying to build up through um, Longmeadow and Springfield, and uh, it's just more fossil fuel infrastructure when all of the national and international recommendations are don't build any more fossil fuel infrastructure. We have a group called Stop the Money Pipeline, which is part of a national effort uh, to try to get banks and insurance companies to stop funding um, fossil fuel uh, infrastructure. And then the group that I'm most involved in is the Racism, White Supremacy, and Climate Justice Group. And we're trying to understand more deeply for ourselves and share with others the role that racism plays uh, in climate change and climate injustice. An ambitious agenda, that's for sure. Before we leave, how can people get in touch with Climate Action Now? Uh, the You could Google Climate Action Now of Western Mass. Uh, the website is actually... Uh, climate Action Now MA, um, and there's a there's a nice website, and we really invite people to get involved uh, with us. Uh, if there's if anyone asks what to do about climate change, my first recommendation is connect with a group and do something with other people. And this is a group that is certainly doing something with other people. Our guest this afternoon has been Russ Vernon Jones. And listen, I just want to say, I, I want to say thank you to Russ Vernon Jones. I want to say thank you to Brian Adams, um, because not just for being on the show, Russ, uh, and not just for what the work that you've done, it, it, people like you, the activists like you, it's not just thank you on behalf of my grandchildren and their children. It's thank you on behalf of all the legislators who mean well and need the information that they get from activists. I can't tell you how many representatives and senators have said to me, thankfully, there are activists who explain this stuff to us mm -hmm. and tell us what we have to do to get stuff done. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Exactly, and one of the reasons we're blessed with such um, um, climate uh, activist legislators is because of Climate Action Now and the work that you're doing. We're going to take a break, 
And when we come back, we'll be joined by... Ruth Griggs, and she has an incredible... Uh, we're going to hear an incredible musician right after these messages. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. that her smile in the morning make the sun forget its way. Betting that they have a crush, the polar caps begin to blush. The ocean stocks are closer every day. The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family-run since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. At least one person has been charged after two people were stabbed last night at a Northampton apartment complex. Assistant Northwestern District Attorney's Office says that two victims were stabbed last night at the Meadowbrook Apartments in the Florence section of the city. According to the clerk's office, Jesus Baez is scheduled to be arraigned in Northampton District Court in connection with the incident. Governor Baker is defending his administration's approach to dealing with COVID-19 in schools this fall as a group of medical professionals and community organizers calls on the state to set guidelines for mask mandates and student isolation. The Massachusetts Coalition for Health Equity organized a press event this week to call on the state to do more to prepare for a possible COVID-19 rebound this fall. Governor Baker's administration last week told schools it's not recommending universal mask requirements, contact tracing, or test-to-stay testing in schools for the upcoming academic year. The governor says there are very few people who believe at this point that isolation strategies make sense. Campground plans for the Beaverbrook Golf Course in Williamsburg are no longer happening. Owners Chris and Rosanna Duval withdrew their request for permission to open the 50-site campground after numerous complaints from residents. Officials held a public hearing on Tuesday that lasted more than an hour and drew more than 60 people. Duvall says he'll rethink his plans and may resubmit to the Zoning Board of Appeals in the future. Sunshine and scattered clouds warm this afternoon, a high of 86 to 90. Scattered clouds tonight, evening temperatures 70s and 80s, overnight lows in the 60s, and a sun cloud mix here tomorrow. Watch out for some showers and thunderstorms developing in the afternoon, a high of 84 to 88. Dry and low 80s on Saturday. 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. $20,000 of student loan forgiveness for low- and middle-income persons, really? Join us for a special edition of Your State, You, with Massachusetts Teachers Association President Max Page and the president of the University of Massachusetts, Marty Meehan. Our guests, Friday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. 20 years ago, we envisioned creating a brighter future for people and planet. Now, PV Squared celebrates a big milestone. Two decades of designing, building, and maintaining quality solar projects for homes and businesses in our community. PV Squared is a worker-owned co-op. When you partner with us, you get a team dedicated to the success of your project, from your first meeting to servicing your system down the road. Build solar right and do business better. It's the co-op difference. Learn more at pvsquared.coop. For some kids, home isn't a safe place. And in these times, access to trusted adults like teachers and counselors is limited. I'm Kara McElhone, Executive Director of the Children's Advocacy Center of Hampshire County. Our mission is to prevent and end child abuse in our community by providing safety, healing, and justice. The Children's Advocacy Center is open in providing resources to children and caregivers throughout Hampshire County. Please visit us online at cachampshire.org or call 413-570-5989. Did you know that veterans make up about one-third of America's adult homeless population? Only 3.9 cents of each income tax dollar last year went to veterans' benefits. Ever wonder about where your tax money goes? More information on how your tax money is being spent can be found at nationalpriorities.org.
This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And it is that time of week that I always look forward to because it is Take 5 time with Ruth Griggs. And Ruth, you have a sax player, Arena Terracubo, who's going to be playing with the Green Street Trio, I think, on Wednesday at the Drake. Is that right? That's right. Um, Arena's calling us from, from New York, um, where she lives, and... Arena is an amazing tenor sax player, um, has just huge chops, and I just can't wait to see her live at the Drake next Wednesday, the 31st. Um, and I so, just want to add, before you speak to Arena, if you haven't been to the Drake, folks, you're really missing. It's a really nice venue, and, and we just went last week, and um, I, I just had such a great time. I ate in downtown Amherst, and then we went there, and just... It got an easy table, and it's great sound, and I just love the Drake. Yeah, the sound arena um, has been improved over the past few um, months, and it is really concert quality at this point. I and I am, if I agree with you, Buzz. If you all have not gotten to the Drake yet out there in listener land, coming to see Arena Terabuco. Terracubo play is the time to come to the Drake. So without further ado, thank you for, for having us um, today, Arena. And um, I was just blown away by your bio, um, which I f- posted on you. the Facebook post because you, you, did, you had your first album 12 years ago, and you've done six in the meantime. So... Where is all of this incredible talent? Where is it emanating from? What has been the inspiration and the motivation for you, Arena? Hmm. So I was. I think I was very lucky to have those amazing opportunity when I was teenager. And uh, I'm from Sapporo, Japan, and uh, I just I was surrounded by right people and uh they gave me an opportunity to play with like mr ron carter mr kenny barron mr jimmy cobb uh lenny white and all the amazing musicians um so i i just think i all like i also practiced a lot but it's more about um, how lucky I was, and I'm. I think I'm still very uh, blessed now. Um, yeah, so I just met right people. I think so. In terms of in terms of meeting the right people, okay, I get that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But. Mm-hmm. How have you how have you evolved into such an incredible tenor saxophonist um, in your you know few short years? Um, was it your which, was it the folks who taught you? Was it inspired by family members or how did that happen? Um, well, I play alto saxophone. Oh, okay, sorry, mainly. sorry. Yeah, but I do play tenor a little bit, but mainly my my in, main instrument is alto, which is a little higher, um, like uh, in the pitch. So uh, anyway, so my family doesn't pl- like they don't play music. There's like no one is musician in my family, um, and, but jazz was so popular. In my neighborhood, my elementary school, nowhere in Japan, they had a jazz big band. And my homeroom teacher was a jazz fan, and he was conducting for big band. Um, Also, there are so many jazz clubs and great players in Japan, especially in Tokyo. Um, But I was listening to the records all the time from like the the musicians from states like Cannonball Adley and and Charlie Parker, John Coltrane, Tony Stitt and and that's like and I practice. So I think that made me uh, play a little better. Mm-hmm. 
I I <laughs> I imagine it did. <laughs> I I love the I love the story of how there was there was jazz and there was music and big band in 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 your school in grade school. Uh, that's can, fantastic. May I ask a question about that? Sure, Dan. Go uh, ahead. I just wanted to know: Was there a, a teacher that you were specifically talking to that got you really involved to to take it to take it really? more uh, as like professionally done or was it just slowly over time you practicing that you eventually just took took on the endeavor um so early days i had several teachers but they are very local teachers and um but later i met uh mr vincent herring um like after i graduated berkeley so that helped like that um like meeting Vincent Herring um, made me uh, become like another level and mm-hmm. like as a musician, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, like until like before then, I just taught myself. Um, yeah, I was my teacher. You're your own teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. Again, I'm. I look at some of the dates here from you know 2010. You made your first album, and on that first album was was Kenny Barron and Christian McBride and and Peter Bernstein. Um, it is remarkable that those musicians um, came forward to play on your very first album, which was 12 years ago. And you mm-hmm. hadn't graduated from Berkeley yet. You didn't graduate from Berkeley until 2015. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you did you meet these these incredible players by going to the jazz clubs, or how did you make those connections at such a young age? Uh, so my producer, uh, his name was uh, Yasuhachi Ito. He used to work for Sony Record in Japan, and he produced so many great pop albums, also jazz albums, and he was huge fan of jazz. And he knew all, all those great, amazing, legend, legendary players, and, and he really liked me, and he really helped me. So, so through him, I met those guys. Uh-huh. That sounds wonderful. Lorena, I, I, if you wouldn't mind, Ruth, I'd, I'd like to ask you a question because you're going to be playing um, with a trio that we all love here in this region, the Green Street Trio. And I've asked each member of the Green Street Trio a question similar about their improv and about where it comes from. And I always get these, I'm not a musician, not a good one. And I always, people talk about how what they play is an expression of their experience. So I'm always curious, people who are raised in Japan but is playing this uniquely American, I think of it as uniquely American sort of genre of music, do you find that um, your Japanese roots results in different licks and different takes on music than your American counterparts? I think so. Um, Yeah, I don't... uh, Jazz is definitely American music. And but it definitely affects me. Yeah, like like Japanese culture. Uh, I think so. I can't explain well, but it should affect my playing. Well, in speaking of playing, you know, when I when I um, think of you playing and when I hear of you playing, um, you play hard. You you do bop like. The masters um is is that your favorite style of of jazz playing arena or do you are there other styles that that you love and that you really feel proud of in terms of your ability to bring life into them uh, i definitely love bop and that's my main um main genre i studied but recently like everywhere I go, especially I just I was just in Japan, and and they have this genre called jazz, but it's no way near bebop. It's new type of contemporary music that they call jazz. So so I thought it it was 
interesting. Like, uh, and and uh, even in New York, they call jazz, but it's not bop at all. Uh, and and it's contemporary music. And uh, I'm. And right now I'm at Manhattan School of Music doing my masters, and no one plays bebop. Everyone is very into this new kind of music. So, so I'm a little bit interested in learning those, but my main core is bebop always. Mm. Well, I'm sure we'll hear some of that on Tuesday. I've been corrected. It's Tuesday, the 30th of August at the Drake. And we're going to take a little break, and then we will be right back with Irena Terracubo uh, hearing more about her amazing musicality. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. For the first time in the history of the country and of the history of the United States, the Supreme Court has taken away a constitutional right. I would also describe this day as a day when women in the United States and people who can become pregnant have become second-class citizens. 1015-1400-1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Lundgren Honda. Experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no-hassle, negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Rob Avery from Lundgren Honda. We're all looking to get the most for our money when it comes to buying gas. How is your gas mileage doing? Is it as good as when you first got your vehicle? Let Lundgren Honda help. We will have one of our technicians perform an express oil change service. It will change your oil and filter and fill the engine with the correct oil. Check and set the tire pressures to the proper specs and make sure that your air filter is clean. All of these make a big difference when it comes to gas mileage. Call, stop by, or make an appointment online and mention this ad for 10% off. Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and LundgrenHondaOfGreenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield. Experience it. In the mood for takeout? Want to find yoga classes, music lessons, or art supplies nearby? Save 30% on full-value gift certificates to dozens of local businesses and services from Springfield to Brattleboro and everywhere in between. Whether it's a quick bite for lunch, something nice for a special occasion, or just an excuse for some good old retail therapy. Save 30% on full-value gift certificates at the Shop 30 store at whmp.com. Right in your town, maybe even in your neighborhood, an immigrant is building a new life trying to find their way, all while learning a new language. The International Language Institute offers free English classes for immigrants and refugees, for true beginners and others, like students in our Bridge to College and Careers program. One of the nation's top language schools is right here, with free English classes for immigrants and refugees. The International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. Help a local baby stay fresh. One in three local families sometimes have to choose between diapers and feeding their kids. Let's wipe out diaper need in our communities. Donate diapers and wipes or cash through August 31st during the United Way Diaper Drive. Drop off new or clean opened packages of diapers or pull-ups at locations across Franklin and Hampshire counties. Find out how and where to donate at uw-fh.org forward slash diaper drive. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with Take 5 with Ruth uh, Griggs and her guest, Arena Terracubo, who will be performing at, with the Green Street Trio on Tuesday, August 30th, at the Incredible Drake. In Amherst. In Amherst. Uh, 
This we are having so much fun speaking with Irena. It seems like you know we open another door and there's more interesting excitement from uh, Irena Terracubo, who is an incredible alto sax player um, and who is coming to play for what did we say, Irena, the third or fourth time with the Green Street Trio. Yes, third or fourth time, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and. Um, how did you find out about the Green Street Trio and what we do up here in Northampton? So, uh, one of, like, someone who goes to that show all the time, um, like, who has been following that workshop with Green Street Trio, he introduced about me to Paul. And, mm-hmm. and, all of a sudden, he emailed me about this concert, and I was like, oh, great, I would love to be part of it. And that's how it started. That's that's phenomenal. Um, we are very lucky to have Arena here on Tuesday uh, coming up at the Drake because the entire month of September, this incredible jazz player is going to be in Europe um, touring in I can't, I, I can't remember how many different cities, Arena, but you're going to be all over Europe and then Dizzy's Club Coca-Cola in mid-October. So if you'd rather catch her right here locally, um, come to the Drake in Amherst on, on Tuesday. Um, Arena, uh, because you've played with the Green Street Trio a few times now, can you tell us a little bit about what your experience is playing with them as, as fellow musicians? So for me, um, it's very important to have nice trio as a rhythm section um, because I'm always trying to play as a team. And if the trio is not looking for the same, like looking at the same place, it's so hard for me to play. But because this trio has been playing together for a long time, very frequently, it's so fun to play with them. So the the fact that they've been playing for a long time frequently, what does what kind of a edge or capability do you find that that gives them that helps you play with them? Uh, like they are like together. Um, they don't need to talk about it. It's just their sound. And I'm there to just join to the trio instead of uh, joining, try to join each person. So the trio is so together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, speaking of um, so together and, 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 you know, musicians supporting each other in, in a trio or an um, ensemble environment, one of the one of the incredible musicians that you said you have played with on I think your first album or one of your albums is the legendary Ron Carter who is coming to the Northampton Jazz Festival this October October 1 to uh, perform with his quin- his uh, quartet at the Academy of Music. Um, so you have also played with Ron Carter, Arena, which just blows me away and what was it like playing with him? What what's your What's your thoughts on that? So, uh, when I played with Mr. Carter, I was 17 years old or 18 years old. And he didn't look me as a kid. He treated me as one musician. So, so he sees everyone so fair, fairly. Um, so... That's one thing I noticed. So he didn't treat me as little student. He 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 respected my playing and and um, everything. So I I thought that was that seems easy, but it's hard to do that uh, for a person like him. Yeah, he seems. I haven't met him as you have, but he. In, in the interviews and and even just the way he interacts with the Northampton Jazz Festival, he seems like he has a humbleness about him uh, that is is part of his philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. And he 
his his comment in an interview that NPR did with him recently was, you know, sort of, why do you do what you do? How do you do what you do? And his answer was, I am there to play to make the other musicians sound good. And he does. Mm-hmm. Yes, any note I play, he makes me sound great. Like, I was a teenager, I couldn't play. I wish I could play with him now, <laughs> but I couldn't, I was... I was not as good as me right now, and but I listen back my album. I usually hate listening me back, but like it sounds great because the Ron makes me sound great. So and I now I notice again. You know, Arena, I have a question. We only have a few minutes left, but I I'm burning with this mm-hmm. question. Back when I first started listening to jazz. Women were either vocalists or maybe pianists, but there weren't that many horn players that were women. And, and now I've heard and seen so many wonderful horn players. Do you feel as a woman, as a young woman, are you as accepted as as you would be if you were a young man in the world of music with other musicians? Uh, yes. Well, now it's everyone, like Me Too movement, and everyone... Like some people try to use women, so so right now I I think so, and I I feel I don't think about like oh I'm women that's why they don't call me like that. Especially I don't see so many Asian women uh, in jazz uh, like doing like what I'm doing. So, but um, so. I try not to think, oh, because I'm I'm women like that. So I, I think it's it's coming. <laughs> I'm glad it's coming. There's so much talent, and if anybody thinks that the reason why you are uh, that you're sort of a curiosity, anything but, just listen to Arena play, um, and do so on Tuesday at the Drake with the Green Street Trio, because it is a special experience. It, it, it absolutely is. I mean, the, the way your tone and the way you attack, you know, those, those pieces is, is absolutely remarkable. And I, I'm very interested in the question that Buzz asked you, and, and love your answer, Raina, because uh, in 2020, uh, right before the pandemic hit, um, one of the the vice president of the Northampton Jazz Festival and I went down to um, the uh, Jazz Congress, which was was held there in New York City, and that was a big topic of discussion: is the fact that women were not treated equally in the jazz world. Enough so, already! They're great musicians. So it's women. so refreshing to hear, um, you know, two years later, how you're feeling a little differently. We have to wrap. Her name is Arena Terracubo. She's going to be playing on Tuesday in Amherst at the Drake with our beloved Green Street Trio. Be there, be square. It's going to be great. Break a leg on Tuesday, Arena, and it's great to talk to you. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you so much. Everyone, please come. <laughs> Everyone, please come. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Tomorrow, we are going to have Andrea Campbell, the candidate for Attorney General. Please join us. Have a good evening. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. the moon, though the words may be wrong, we're singing it because you... Looking to take a little breather from the news? We don't blame you. Why don't you turn the Live dial over to our pure only station for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station. It's fun.